Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. These marshals and Hamiltons of then. That Hamilton who as Secretary of the Treasury devised a financial system of which we are the unlucky inheritors, and whose objects were twofold. To puzzle the people and make public finance obscure to those that paid for it. To serve as a machine for corrupting the legislatures. For he avowed the opinion that man could be governed by two motives only, force or interest. Forced being then out of the question, he laid hold of interest, the greed of the legislators, to set going an association of persons having an entirely separate welfare from the welfare of their electors, bound together by mutual corruption and mutual desire for plunder. The anarchist agrees that Hamilton was logical and understood the core of government. The difference is, that while strong governmentalists believe this is necessary and desirable, we choose the opposite conclusion. No government whatsoever. As to the essence of human nature, what our national experience has made plain is this, that to remain in a continually exalted moral condition is not human nature. That has happened which was prophesied. We have gone downhill from the revolution until now. We are absorbed in mere money-getting. The desire for material ease long ago vanquished the spirit of seventy-six. What was that spirit? The spirit that animated the people of Virginia, of the Carolinas, of Massachusetts, of New York, when they refused to import goods from England, when they preferred, and stood by it, to wear coarse homespun cloth, to drink the brew of their own growths, to fit their appetites to the home's supply, rather than submit to the taxation of the imperial ministry. Even within the lifetime of the revolutionists, the spirit decayed. The love of material ease has been, in the mass of men and permanently speaking, always greater than the love of liberty." Nine hundred and ninety-nine women out of a thousand are more interested in the cut of a dress than in the independence of their sex. Nine hundred and ninety-nine men out of a thousand are more interested in drinking a glass of beer than in questioning the tax that is laid on it. How many children are not willing to trade the liberty to play for the promise of a new cap or a new dress? that it is which begets the complicated mechanism of society, that it is 
which by multiplying the concerns of government multiplies the strength of government and the corresponding weakness of the people. This it is which begets indifference to public concern, thus making the corruption of government easy. As to the essence of commerce and manufacture, it is this. To establish bonds between every corner of the earth's surface and every other corner, to multiply the needs of mankind and the desire for material possession and enjoyment. The American tradition was the isolation of the states as far as possible. Said they, We have won our liberties by hard sacrifice and struggle unto death. We wish now to be let alone, and to let others alone, that our principles may have time for trial, that we may become accustomed to the exercise of our rights that we may be kept free from the contaminating influence of European gods, pageants, distinctions. So richly did they esteem the absence of these, that they could in all fervor write, We shall see multiplied instances of Europeans coming to America, but no man living will ever see an instance of an American removing to settle in Europe and continuing there. Alas! In less than a hundred years the highest aim of a daughter of the revolution was, and is, to buy a castle, a title, a rotten lord, with the money wrung from American servitude. And the commercial interests of America are seeking a world empire. In the earlier days of the revolt and subsequent independence, it appeared that the manifest destiny of America was to be an agricultural people exchanging foodstuffs and raw materials for manufactured articles. And in those days it was written, We shall be virtuous as long as agriculture is our principal object, which will be the case as long as there remain vacant lands in any part of America. When we get piled upon one another in large cities, as in Europe, we shall become corrupt, as in Europe, and go to eating one another as they do there which we are doing because of the inevitable development of commerce and manufacture and the concomitant development of strong government and the parallel prophecy is likewise fulfilled if ever this vast country is brought under a single government it will be one of the most extensive corruption indifferent and incapable of a wholesome care over so wide a spread of surface there is not upon the face of the earth to-day a government so utterly and shamelessly corrupt as that of the United States of America. There are others more cruel, more tyrannical, more devastating. There is none so utterly venal. And yet even in the very days of the prophets, even with their own consent, the first concession to this later tyranny was made. It was made when the Constitution was made, and the Constitution was made chiefly because of the demands of commerce. Thus it was at the outset a merchant's machine, which the other interests of the country, the land and labor interests, even then foreboded would destroy their liberties. In vain their jealousy of its central power made enact the first twelve amendments, in vain they endeavored to set bounds over which the federal power dare not trench. In vain they enacted into general law the freedom of speech, of the press, of assemblage and petition. 
all of these things we see ridden roughshod upon every day, and have so seen with more or less intermission since the beginning of the nineteenth century. At this day, every police lieutenant considers himself, and rightly so, as more powerful than the general law of the Union, and that one who told Robert Hunter that he held in his fist something stronger than the Constitution was perfectly correct. The right of assemblage is an American tradition which has gone out of fashion. The police club is now the mode, and it is so in the virtue of the people's indifference to liberty, and the steady progress of constitutional interpretation towards the substance of imperial government. It is an American tradition that a standing army is a standing menace to liberty. In Jefferson's presidency the army was reduced to three thousand men. It is an American tradition that we keep out of the affairs of other nations. It is an American practice that we meddle with the affairs of everybody else from the West to the East Indies, from Russia to Japan, and to do it we have a standing army of 83,251 men. It is an American tradition that the financial affairs of a nation should be transacted on the same principles of simple honesty that an individual conducts his own business, viz. that debt is a bad thing, and a man's first surplus earning should be applied to his debts, that offices and office holders should be few. It is American practice that the general government should always have millions of dollars of debt, even if a panic or a war has to be forced to prevent it being paid off. And as to the application of its income, office holders come first. And within the last administration it is reported that 99,000 offices have been created at an annual expense of 1,663,000,000. Shades of Jefferson. How are vacancies to be obtained? Those by deaths are few. By resignation, none. Roosevelt cuts the knot by making ninety-nine thousand new ones, and few will die, and none resign. They will beget sons and daughters, and Taft will have to create ninety-nine thousand more. Verily, a simple and serviceable thing is our general government. It is an American tradition that the judiciary shall act as a check upon the impetuosity of legislatures, should these attempt to pass the bounds of constitutional limitation. It is American practice that the judiciary justifies every law which trenches on the liberties of the people and nullifies every act of the legislature by which the people seek to regain some measure of their freedom. Again, in the words of Jefferson, the Constitution is a mere thing of wax in the hands of the judiciary, which they may twist and shape in any form they please.